When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. President Mary McLeese, I want to really thank you for coming and doing this uh, series of podcasts with me. We're doing an empowerment series of podcasts uh, to empower m- women in particular, but also to promote equality among men and women. Well, it's a and very noble cause, which I'm is. very happy to contribute <laughs> to. <laughs> thank you. And you're a real mentor for all those women, Mary, because not only were you the second female president, but you started out, you've achieved so much in a short life. I mean, you were law read professor of Trinity College, my alma mater, by the way. You also were a journalist in RTE and very skillful at, at talking, let me tell you. And then you went on to become president. And then one of the highlights was you you said you were going to build bridges and you did that so well. And you met the Queen and, and you really, I thought that was a real highlight because you you always dressed really well in your presidency, which I thought was really important, which you looked very regal. And then, of course, you got her to, you were influential in her speaking the Irish, which was I fabulous. So gone so downhill. Thank goodness this podcast is audio only. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't be saying that of me now. Not at all. And then you went on, Mary, to do canon law, a PhD in canon law, yes. and then obviously worked again with RT of the Walking, and then brought out your book. Here is your story. So you're an amazing woman. What <laughs> drives you, and who was your mentor, Mary? What what what's the force that's driven you all your life? Well, uh, there are a number of mentors over my lifetime yes. that have been very useful to me, but um, I think the um, I, I had a good cradling. Yes, nourishment. I, I had a really good cradling. Yeah. Um, even though I grew up in a dreadful, appalling environment in Northern Ireland, you know, a sectarian state. Um, in fact, I was shielded from a lot of that in my early childhood, not really tuned into it. I grew up as a Catholic in a Protestant neighbourhood mm-hmm. and had all Protestant friends. So sectarianism, I knew that there were people who didn't talk to our family or who wouldn't let, me, wouldn't let their children play with us. Mm-hmm. But that didn't bother me because yes. other Protestants thought they were all bonkers. Yes. Um, and uh, so I grew up um, with a very good cradling one of the eldest of nine children. My mother and her sisters and brothers between them had 60 children. Uh, my grandparents lived down the road from us. Everybody else lived either up the road, down the road, across the street, behind us, or in mm. front of us. I was surrounded by relatives mm-hmm. um, on my mother's side, but also on my father's side, mm. because although his family were not just as prolific in produ- producing uh, children, I often said that my mother's family thought they had to increase, multiply, <laughs> and fill the earth entirely by themselves. Yeah. But my father had three aunts. His mother was one of four girls. And uh, his mother was the only one stayed in her native Roscommon, where yes. he was born and raised. Uh, the rest all migrated to Belfast in search of work. Mm-hmm. And they all became small business women. So they had an entrepreneurial spirit in them. Okay, so as did my mother's sisters. Yes. They were all hairdressers, as she was herself. Okay, okay. Um, so they were small business people. Very good. Um, feisty women. Very good. Uh, who just got on with it and yeah. let nothing stand in their way. And then when they had children 
were very adamant that those children would get the best education possible. They weren't pushy. My, my mother and father never, never. My mother only ever gave me one day, one one line of of career advice in my life, uh, and my father never gave me career advice. Um, but they 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 had left school at fourteen and fifteen, yeah. and they saw the value of a good education, education when yes. free second level education came to Northern Ireland. My father was um, in the nineteen fifties a group of he belonged to the Knights of Columbanus. Mm and a, a group of young men who got together, who had all big families, yeah. and decided that they wanted to persuade the local bishop to in turn persuade the priests and the nuns and the brothers yeah. to you know to expand the schools, yes, that this yes. was the opportunity for young Catholics who of course were excluded from jobs and voting mm, and mm. all sorts of things by the northern uh, government. Mm. This was their chance to make their mark okay. um, and to stand their ground with education behind them rather than guns in their hand. So Mary, you were brought up by a loving family and you got great nourishment, which is what you gave your, yeah, your I high self-esteem. I think that was the cradling. That was a big thing, wasn't it? It was. No, I was and very fortunate. And were you brought up equally, Mary, in the family? Like yes, you, there was never any suggestion yeah. until this, this I, I mentioned that my mother gave me one piece of advice, career advice, and it happened this way. Um, I was about 14 or 15 at a time in a parish that had 70% unemployment. Mm -hmm. And um, Catholics were very, very oppressed those times. Mm -hmm. And so it was, uh, Seamus Heaney describes it as, you know, living under high banked clouds of yes, resignation. Yes, what yes. a dreadful way to live. Yes. And that was true. Yeah. And then I did, um, about, when I was about 14 or 15, in a time when it was normative to leave school at 15, you know, and go and get an apprenticeship. Um, our parish priest, who's a Dubliner, um, Father Honorius Kelly, an uncle of Frank Kelly, who acted oh, as yes. Father Jack. I will yeah, say no more yeah. about the comparison. <laughs> um, but he it was a terribly arch Dubliner. He was a terribly lovable man, and yes. very funny, and a very yeah. good parish priest. But he was very arch. Yeah. And he asked me quite casually one evening, um, what I intended to do. And I think he did that because I was probably coming up to about 15. Yes. Yeah. And he presumed that I was going to be leaving school. Mm. And I said, no, I was going to stay on at school. I wanted to do A-levels and that I had an idea that I'd like to become a lawyer. I'd like to go to law school and become a lawyer. Well, he was horrified. <laughs> Immediately, instantly horrified. And he said to me instantly, oh, you can't do that. Yes. He said two reasons. He said, one, you're a woman. And secondly, you have nobody belonging to you in the law. Well, my mother was so deferential to priests, she wouldn't believe it. Uh, she was yeah. incredibly reverential in yeah. their uh, presence, which was very frequent in our Absolutely, house. Ours was the yes. kind of house that priests came in and out of all the time. And um, so I couldn't believe it. Um, for the first time ever, uh, she whipped the chair out from under him and she took him to the front door, escorted him to the front door very angrily and put him out. Um, and she said to me, she just said to him, you, she said, out. Well and done. then she turned to me and she said, and you ignore him. Well actually, done. what she said was ignore the oil Egypt is what so she actually said. So a serious mentor in your life. And your I've always then. said yeah. since it was the only piece of career advice I ever yeah. got from my parents, either yeah. of my parents. And it was very good advice yeah, yeah. because in fairness to him, it, this was not just the Catholic Church speaking, yeah. though it did have and still has an yes. appalling attitude to yes. the empowerment of women, Absolutely. which it seems to fear dreadfully yes, yeah. and certainly is no champion of. Mm -hmm. But it was also true of the of the world in general at that time. This is totally. the 1960s yeah. Ireland. And when I went to law school subsequently, 
I went to law school in the 69 mm. in Queen's University, mm. uh, my local university in Belfast, and we got a reading list. Mm. And I was so excited to get the reading mm. list. I couldn't wait to get on the bus to go into town to buy mm. the books. I read the book. The mm. first book at the top of the list was by a man called Glanville Williams, mm. a very eminent um, jurist, English yes. jurist. Um, and in that book, there's a whole chapter on women. Okay. Um, and that chapter is saying, what are you doing studying law? Sure, you shouldn't be in law at all. You're not fit for it. Yeah. Um, y- your voices don't carry. He never oh. heard my mother or any of her sisters, for that matter, calling us in you know, from the yeah, garden yeah, for our dinner yeah. when we were late. Yeah. And um, he, um, he insisted that the only reason we would do law yeah. would be because it was a good place to find a good husband. For goodness Imagine. sake. Unreal. And, Mary, and that was 69. I mean, I, okay, it's the last century and it's yes, the last millennium. I yes, acknowledge that. Yes, yeah. But it's just outrageous to think of it, isn't it? Totally incredible. And Mary, you were just brought up about your mother uh, just because she was a serious mentor in your life. Her generation would have been churched. And I have female patients yes. really angry that the church have never apologised for churching them and treating them like second-class citizens from bringing home miracles. And one Absolutely. of the ways that you can move on as a society is to ask is for forgiveness, which they've never done. They've asked for forgiveness for an awful lot of things, but they haven't asked of the forgiveness of that generation who, let's face it, are, are, have only got a few more years left. There's oh, not yes, much time and, left. Uh, well, I, my youngest brother, Clement, was born the year I did my A-levels in 69. Yeah. In fact, he was born slap bang in the middle of my mock A-levels, which was really terribly inconvenient Mm. um, because, um, first of all, my mother was really ill. Two children uh, before him, she had been told she really needed a hysterectomy. Mm -hmm. Um, She was hemorrhaging badly. She was very ill. But of course, Catholic Church doctrine and so and she was only in her 30s. Um, Because my mum got married at 19. Yes, yeah. And she had me when she was 20. And by the time she was 38, she had 11 pregnancies. Yes, yeah, yeah. So... um, when uh, when anyway the the um uh, it, it happened that um she had clement in 1969 mm-hmm. uh, the rule in the catholic church was then and remains that catholic parents are obliged to have their children baptized at the earliest opportunity mm-hmm. now she wasn't fit to be churched to be yes. churched meant to go and get this blessing mm-hmm. and when you had that blessing then you were free then to go to chapel um, yes. to go to mass to go to com- confession yes. whatever yeah. but you had to have yeah. that blessing that exactly. churching blessi- blessing exactly, yeah. she wasn't well enough to receive it yeah. yeah and with the result that my brother john and i my younger brother john and i um we had to prepare the little baby for christening mm-hmm. and we took him to the chapel without our parents being present uh, my father, of course, didn't go in an act of solidarity with my mother. Fair juice since she him, couldn't which go, which was great at that yeah. age. Since yeah. she couldn't go, he wasn't going. Well, fantastic. Um, but we had to, you know. I still remember with the child, you know, under my yeah. arm, yeah, um, yeah. you know, dressed in the, the little white bonnet that I had knitted for him, and the little ja- white jacket that I'd knitted for him, yeah, yeah, and the lovely little outfit that my mother had sewn for him. Yeah. Um, I still remember carrying him down the Crumlin Road. It's only it was only a four or five minute journey to the chapel. Yeah. Um, and my brother and I, um, um, you know, being there for his christening. Yeah. And 
that was the church in those days utterly controlling totally um, but Mary it hasn't really changed has it in the sense that not in that regard unfortunately because well churching's gone out of fashion and nobody does that yes I I hope nobody does that anymore oh thank god no but things haven't changed in the church with their attitudes to women they haven't tried to develop the role of women in the church at all which is an awful pity they have I mean from John the 23rd onwards you find statements such as we have to do something about women and it's terrible that they're so excluded and they make no contribution to the decision-making power of the church because that's mm. all that's all filtered through the male yeah. ordained uh, priesthood. Yeah. Um, and to, you know every every pope since John the twenty third has said things that sounded hopeful, but yeah. nobody has done anything about it. Exactly. And yes. Francis, for example, he's another classic example of somebody who just doesn't get. What but you is see, needed for women? Unfortunately, it comes from the Latin culture too, where yes. the, you know, I mean, the culture is very totally different. In that yes, regard. His formation is such that he yeah. doesn't take us seriously. Yeah. He thinks he can patronise us and pat us on the totally. back and compare us to the Virgin Mary yeah. and talk about our genius, and we'll all and then tell us, which is even worse, which is yeah. even worse, yeah. that indeed he has appointed a number of women to to you know low level jobs in the curia, yeah. and that's what we were told in the 1960s and 70s yeah, that token jobs would solve the problem and we knew it wouldn't and it didn't and it took legislation and it took Mm. advocacy Mm. and it took courts and it took Mm. the European Union and the European Parliament Mm. and it took the Westminster Parliament and the Irish doll it took all of those fora to work out a strategy and it took organizations like the National Council for Women and it took huge empowerment groups and and very importantly self-help groups and it took the courage of women to stand their ground and say no in the workplace to bullying exactly. and to harassment and to being underpaid. It took scholarship That's it. Yeah, to absolutely. devise all the facts that showed up the totally. differential that had no basis at all except in bigotry absolutely. and in misogyny. So here we are in a church that's done none of those no things. things. And Mary, if we want to create society uh, you know, that's equal, well, the church is a big part of it, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. so many of us, you know, are Catholic in Ireland, and we 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 totally acknowledge all the other religions as well. But if if I have a little girl, and if I want her to see herself equal to her brothers, when she goes to mass, if she only sees a, a you know a man saying the mass, but the men doing everything and the women just doing the cleaning, then how am I going oh, to the, teach the image her of that is appalling. Isn't the it? image of that is appalling, mm. but it is normative. Unfortunately, and yes. I say Pope Francis doesn't get it, so we're mm. not going to get any change. Why for as long as he is Pope, yes. regrettably. Yes. I mean, people did hold out the hope that he might be um, a mm-hmm. radical mm. changing Pope, but he's not. No. He, in, on, funny enough, on, on, a, on some issues, he is good. On climate change, he's excellent. Brilliant, yeah. On migrants and inclusion, he's excellent. But you see, those are the kind of things that it's easy for yes. a Pope to be excellent on. Yes, Why? Yes. Because he's talking from the moral high ground of the Catholic Church out to the world in general. Yeah, yeah. But when he then is asked to look internally in the church Mm. he doesn't have the same voice he has the small voice of a narrow-minded misogynistic bigot unfortunately who thinks he can say nice populist things like you know we have to respect women and it's wonderful the the work that they do and and he said in a recent in a recent document that published by austin ivory his hagiographer rather than his biographer 
Um, he said, you know, um, that he was, that uh, look around the world, there are so many women in the Catholic Church occupying positions of leadership. Yeah. And I said to myself, <laughs> name me one. Name one, exactly. Well, I mean, all, you take it, for example, every piece of legislation in the church, every mm. piece of doctrine, every piece of teaching yeah. in the church is mediated by male ordained priests. Totally. And the interesting point, and Father McDonough, who you and I both know, Mary, made this point to me. He said that the... Every time the the you know in the resurrection, our Lord appeared to women, and he of course told he did. the story he trusted to women. Them. Totally trusted him. He that's trusted very them with the story of the resurrection. Absolutely. Were you told about that at school? Because no, I certainly no, wasn't. No, because it's, all the gospels were written by men, of yeah. course. So and the, we we, we, to, we were yeah. never we it was never highlighted no. yeah. that these wonderful women who stood at the foot of the cross, yeah. uh, with the one man who remained, incidentally, <laughs> yes, um, yes. Uh, the one man who remained. Um, uh, and it was the women who remained at the foot of the cross. Through, and, you know, his great ally, Peter, was mm. hiding in the bushes, skulking, Absolutely. you know, trying to pretend that he wasn't a friend of God's or Christ's. Mm. Mm. And um, so, and, and there were these women, and they were the first at the tomb. And they were the, f- they were the ones that the angel entrusted the mm. story of the resurrection to. Yeah. They were the people who went out and met the rest of them, you know, on that, on, on that famous road. Mm. Um, they met the, the other apostles, and it was they who told the story of the resurrection. Yeah. And, and we, we were never, that was no, never highlighted. Not at all. It's only never highlighted. And Mary, you know, in the, like only two weeks ago at Mass, the book of Pro- Proverbs, it, was, it had that, you know, that one that I hate where the woman, all about women and how they must be obedient and obey mm. and all. I mean, it's so not can we not even you have a PhD in canon law surely they would listen to the likes of you who absolutely know not and allow you change those no uh, no no, no. Know, I will never be listened to I, mean, I don't know whether you know or not but I mean I was actually excluded from a Vatican conference because my views that. were regarded as so subversive yeah. which I find really quite offensive but the as man, women we need to stand up yeah, and say that's I mean, not when on I look at the ca- the, when I look at the caliber mm. of the people who made or the person who mm. made that decision regrettably mm. a Dubliner but Carl Cardinal Farrell, you know, a man who who joined the Legionaries of Christ, a mm. cult, mm. and absolutely, and I will say this publicly, I mean, I regard mm. it, it was in its day a very, very, very dangerous cult mm. Uh, mm. run by one of the most evil predators mm. in the history of the church, mm-hmm. um, uh, Father Maciel, uh, a Mexican who was, um, you know, um, a bigamist, mm. a rapist, mm-hmm. um, a drug abuser, a money launderer who brought the church into enormous disrepute Mm, mm. but who was lionized by Pope John Paul and only eventually silenced by Benedict Mm. when he could do nothing else when it was so obvious to the public that he was dealing with a dreadful man now this is the man who Cardinal Farrell followed Um, you know he became a legionary of Christ priest he left the legionaries he says for intellectual reasons well honestly my question would be you know he was a bigot a rapist um, a, a bigamist he was um, a money launderer. He well, mm. had uh, dreadful, dreadful connections with some of the most seedy okay. um, criminals in okay. South America. And uh, and he also brought the church into dreadful disrepute. Where in all of that would you find something to deal, you know, to, to disagree with him intellectually? Yeah, there was enough to be, and uh, we've never heard him ever mm-hmm. no. um, deal with, you know, deal with any of that. And yeah. yet he was the man who decided that I, who had been the president of my country, in the year that the Pope was coming to my yes, country. Yes. 
that I would be excluded from speaking at a conference on women in the Vatican. Absolutely. And Mary, there's one I mean, I, fi- I, fi- I still find that horrific. So Absolutely I, horrific. And you know what I find horrific? I find horrific that, and this is a point that I hope that all these women are, that are listening to this will, that lo- I knew loads of women that supported you, and I was so proud. But I was heard quite a few women who gave out, and I was so disappointed because women don't stand up for women. Oh no, I mean, I mean you they're, were, uh, you know, Stockholm syndrome. Yes, isn't but it? President, you know, for two years returned to <laughs> office for for, for for two terms, returned for two for eight years, and so uh, so successful. And you know, you'd put us on the map there with England. That was huge, getting the Queen to speak Irish, especially with English yes. had, had had destroyed our language. That was massive. And then a woman of your stature and you know to, to be turned down like that was horrific but I really was cross that not every woman stood behind you because well, look, we do need the, the church to change there are many there are the, the church is built on yes men mm. and yes women yeah it's yeah. policies in relation to women mm. it's policies in relation to as was the case historically mm. when it was anti-semitic there weren't enough women and mm. men to say it was wrong mm. when it was misogynistic as it is there weren't enough men and women to stand and say it was mm. wrong mm. Uh, when it was homophobic as it is there weren't enough but increasingly there are more thankfully and i think that's the wonderful thing yeah is absolutely that we brilliant. belong to a generation now who are liberated by education yeah uh, in, in in the past past generations were easily oppressed because they didn't have that education absolutely, and absolutely. the church operated on a fear and control basis mm, mm. it told people you're baptized when you were baptized as babies you undertook mm. these lifelong obligations to be faithful and to the majesty Mary, and now we say back to them actually no Absolutely. you cannot impose these obligations yeah. I, I'm a person who loves the I don't get me wrong yeah. now I love the idea of infant baptism totally. the idea that you get the grace mm. which is a gift that a- God's Mary. grace floods you but what I don't agree yeah. with is then gazumping or you know colonizing baptism Mm. by canon law and saying you're now for life committed to membership of the catholic church you can never escape and not only that but you must now in perpetuity agree with the views expressed by the catholic church's magisterium Mm. i mean the magisterium has lost credibility in so many ways over so many issues that the very idea of remaining obedient to it is a nonsense but importantly more than that in the meantime we've had the universal declaration of human rights we've had the we've had the convention on the rights of the child which indeed the holy see is a state party to the only faith system Mm. in the world that is Mm. and what do they tell us they tell us that we as individuals by virtue of our god-given human dignity we have freedom of expression Mm -hmm. freedom of opinion conscience belief and religion Religion, and you cannot say that because at birth you yeah. were baptized Absolutely. that you compromised those and gave those over to or, a bunch of yeah, bishops yeah, for yeah. the rest of your life it's Excellent. a nonsense it is, yeah. so we belong to the generation that no longer believes that people walk away from the church now even though the church says you can't walk away from yeah. it but they walk away and say you know i can't be bothered with it they're I, free to do and it and having said that mary and i want to, because i don't want people to think otherwise both of us have faith and strong faith and and often when people criticize the church we are sort of thought oh they don't believe that which is rubbish well it's the, op- and the entitled- opposite yes, um, yeah. i have huge respect <clears throat> for the yeah. work that is done by the faithful i have yeah. I, I may as well say i have very little respect for the curia yes totally. i have I very very little respect for the hierarchical system mm. 
um, we uh, we're talking in the immediate aftermath yes. of the McCarrick report. Yeah. We're talking in the aftermath of a series of reports done yeah. by the Irish government, British government, mm. uh, yeah. Australian government, um, American state governments, um, Canadian governments into um, clerical child sex abuse and I appalling know. episcopal Horrendous. mismanagement. Yeah. We've had the McCarrick report conducted by the church itself. Now, it's an in-house report, yeah. very long yeah. um, and very conveniently overlooking some of the more important elements of the McCarrick story. But nonetheless, even the story that it's prepared to tell is appalling. appalling yes. We've had the report just recently from the Independent Inquiry into Clerical Abuse in England um, on, uh, on the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. uh, which look in any other world mm. in any other world those reports would have and should have mm. resulted in the immediate resignation totally. of the people who were in control yeah, it no, didn't, didn't so. Ireland was one of the few places that actually uh, that, a, that, <coughs> that a small number of of people in fact the least culpable mm. um resigned, resigned. And, and the sad thing for me looking at that yeah. is to think that um <coughs> These are the people who are these are the people who form the magisterium that we're supposed to be be yeah. obedient to. Well, not in a million years yeah, uh, will I will I be obedient to that which is corrupt. Totally. Um, I will be obedient to the God I love. I'll yeah. be obedient to the Christ who taught me through the Gospels mm. to honor and love my neighbor and to love God. Mm -hmm. And and for me. Um, it's one of the reasons why I stay with the church because I look at the work that is done mm. by the millions. We, we're one, and, and you, one have, you are entitled billion. to question it. That's the thing. Yeah. I think we were to yeah. taught, and, and the church where the church went wrong was that any powerful position has to be questioned because you know it's, you have to be accountable. Absolutely, you have to be accountable. And unfortunately, they never were. And they, they weren't, and they, they completely still, still regard anyone. They did question them. That's where it all correct. went wrong. I, I think it's so wrong. And they so, felt that by silencing yeah. us, yeah. Um, that, that we that we first. First of all, we weren't entitled to speak. We didn't have freedom That's of expression yeah. within the church yeah. and still don't. Why? Yeah. Because the church has really never. I mean, what I'm talking so about, about the hierarchical church, because there's the two churches in many ways. Mm. There's the hierarchical church and then there's the body of the mm. church. Mm. The people of God do phenomenal yeah, work in the world. Those, I look at the Catholic Church. It's the biggest NGO in the world. 1.2 billion people yeah. doing phenomenal work in education and so health care and we welfare. How are we going to include women yeah. in the church? Well, I think, think I, I think if I look at that, it's one of the reasons why the church is worth trying, at the yeah. very least, to save. Yeah. Now, regrettably, we do not have mechanisms within the church mm. for its its own updating. Yes. We're not invited into dialogue or trialogue yeah. with yeah. the church. The fact, so, Mary, that it's on its knees now, that the priests yeah, are gone, well, that's is right. an opportunity? And sooner or later, I hope, you know, that, like the walls of Jericho, that citadel will come down. Yeah. And we also have to remember that to the extent that we have been able to penetrate that wall of secrecy yeah. and that silencing effect mm. and the fact that it is mainly constituted by yes men and yes, yes women yeah. that that information has come to us not from within the church no. but from outside elements but like government inquiries yeah, like yeah. the people like the media yeah. like journalism yeah. you know like really good writers and good scholars yeah, yeah. and we're very fortunate be to belong to a generation which has those tools totally. now available to but it but maybe now that the church is on its knees because there are no priests there's very few very, going well, in very few in the west but we have to remember that that's not the case in uh, Africa and Asia but you know Mary and I was thinking when I saw them pre 
priest dwindling. I thought maybe now they will be forced to have women priests discuss it because it should always have been the way that there were women priests. It was never said there shouldn't be. And maybe they'll discuss married priests because I don't see why they shouldn't get married as the apostles were married. Well, these debates are going yeah. on. Um, yeah. But not you know getting what they did? Far, Do you know what they did, Mary? They start bringing priests in from abroad. And that's I thought, right. oh no, we're never going to reach what yes, you know, where and I that's thought what the, the point I was actually making is yeah. they have they have an excess of vocations now yeah. in Africa and Asia. And if you were to talk, as when I lived in Rome for three years, mm. was quite often in the company of fairly senior churchmen. Mm. And in, and they very vainly, I thought, said, you know, and I'm using the word in the sense of vanity, yeah. uh, very dismissively would say, oh, when we would talk about the lack of priests, for example, you know, the growing mm. um, uh, dearth of priests, particularly in the Western, uh, the global north, the, the Western world, um, they'd say, oh, but we have plenty of priests in Africa and Asia. Yeah. And my attitude to that was, yes, you have. That is true. These are poor countries. Yes. And uh, um, we were once that poor country. Mm. And when we were once that poor country, we too had an excess of vocations and we sent them um, to the missionary fields of the developing world. Mm. And we know that. We know how this story ends. Yes. We yes. know how this story ends. It does not sustain. Yeah. And there are real problems, just as whenever our priests went abroad, there were cultural conflicts yes. that it took them a long time to get their heads around. Absolutely. There is the same problem here. There's the yeah. cultural conflict. Yes. And, yeah. um, and I think th I don't think it's an answer. I yeah. really, even though I'm quite proud to belong to a universal church, and I think it's the yeah. great strength of the Catholic Church that we have this unity with, you know, with Catholics of Vietnam, the Catholics of Kazakhstan, yes, the, yes. the handful of Catholics in mm. other parts of the world, yeah. that we do have that <clears throat> commonality. I think it's the great strength of the it church. It is terrific, and you it's know its universality. Yeah. it's worth fighting for. It is, in it my is, view. Yeah, and the great strength, Mary, was that you were talking there about women that stood up like your mother, who put who back yeah. then that would have been unknown and we have to, to stand it. up yes now. it's fantastic even I said to Patricia Green was my principal in St Mary's Sex School and those nuns I feel got a, a raw deal because yes there were a few abusers but the majority of the nuns were, and priests were excellent so while there was a few we can't forget that there were some amazing ones that taught and educated there society. were and uh, and I, I'm always incredibly grateful yeah, particularly yeah. the Dominican nuns yeah. who taught me uh, they were wonderful um, they were they, the order of priests made us feisty women feisty, yeah. so and they gave us I mean, they, 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 they let us understand that, we, yeah. that they, they were preparing us for the professions yes, yeah. not just you know to get yeah. married and have children yeah. uh, but rather you know to see ourselves as professional women I'm always very grateful for that um, and they encourage debate I mean I one yeah. of the one of the things that I was good at at school was debating yeah um, and I was pretty useless I am, at sport I can see why um, and, <laughs> yes. but they encouraged that and yeah. they liked the good old yes, you know exactly. razzmatazz of a good old debate yeah. and um, even though you know we, I remember being told by my head then headmistress God rest yeah. her she only died a few weeks ago yeah. um, you know she told us that there was a hierarchy in the church yeah. and she wasn't just talking about the, 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 the church hierarchy that we're familiar with yeah, yeah. but she said that you know that um, the laity mm -hmm. were at one level and as you went up that hierarchy there was the religious obviously and the clerics but each of them got nearer to God yes, yes and yes. um and I remember asking her and I said, mm. well, are you saying that people like my mother 
would find it harder to get into heaven yeah, yeah. than say you as a nun. And I said, my mother has nine kids yeah, and you yeah. know works you know works you know really really hard. Ours, yes, and yeah. she said, unfortunately, that was the tr- that was that was the case. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, years later, mm-hmm. I met her. I was pushing a pram with my youngest, do- my then eldest child in it, yeah. and I met her at a, at some protest <coughs> or other mm-hmm. um, in Belfast, and we got chatting. And um, I, and I was saying, well, I'm, I'm grateful for the education, but you know, you did teach us an awful lot of old codswallop. And I told her that. She said to me, I never did tell you that. <laughs> I said, you most certainly did. It's oh. imprinted on my mind. And she said, well, God forgive me if I did. Oh my goodness. Wasn't that wonderful, wonderful. though? <laughs>